Uh, let me pray, uh, and then we'll get into our scripture this morning. Father, uh, today, God, we thank you for the cold uh, and the, the snow. Reminds us we're Canadian, and uh, we're, uh, we're grateful, Lord, um, for the beauty that we see around us in days like these, uh, the, the clear skies and the, dusted, the mountains dusted with snow. Uh, Father, we uh, remember today that you are great, you're big, you're awesome, and you're good. And this morning we celebrate your grace, your faithfulness, your goodness to us, Lord. We might, might fail, we might falter, but you are sure. And this morning we uh, together say that we put our hope in you. And as we uh, get into your, into your word this morning and into this message, I pray you'd speak to our hearts and lead us in the ways of Jesus. We pray these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. It's going to dive into a scripture today, Acts 3, 1 to 8. Uh, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at a time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave, gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. This lame man jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Uh, Peter says, look at me. And the man expected to get money from Peter. He was a beggar. But instead he gets something else. He's profoundly healed. And I love how Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And it turns out what Peter and John had was better than money. And if you ever talk to somebody who's ever suffered from some kind of chronic illness, they would say healing trumps boatloads of money. It really would. Uh, but what happened was Peter came to the end of his resources, what he had. He had empty pockets but he appeals to the resources of heaven, the resources of God, to love this man. I don't have what you need right now, but there is still something I can offer. And I kind of want us to hold this image, this picture in our minds this morning as we talk about prayer ministry. We're in this series asking the why behind what we do on Sunday mornings. We, why do we gather at all? Like, why do we sing? Why do we um, share community news and have times of fellowship? Why do we uh, preach and teach scripture? Why do we offer invitations to give? You know, and this series is really, this morning we're actually looking at the why behind why we do prayer ministry. And as I said last week, the series really aims to help us uh, learn some of the, the, the whys behind the what so that the what can become more meaningful, right? So that, so that our experience on Sunday mornings can be strengthened in our understanding and our, in our experience and, and again, I just want to give a shout out to Jason Ballard and the Way Church for their support and help in this series. 
Someone asked the question, what is prayer ministry? Prayer is simply talking to God. It's prayer is calling out to God for help. And ministry means service. To minister someone is to serve them. So prayer ministry means serving one another in prayer, inviting God to minister through us to the person we're praying for and that God would meet them in a real way. I uh, agree with Jason Ballard's idea that two of the most powerful questions in the Christian vocabulary are these. Can, can you pray for me? And can I pray for you? Some of the most defining moments of my entire life have been on the other side of one of those two questions. Prayer ministry is what happens on the other side of that question where uh, when a brother or a sister stands with you and lifts you up before God, your, your life, your problems, your situation, and, and it's profound. And, and I want to say it's more than just asking things from God together. Something profound happens in prayer ministry. Prayer ministry is a place of encounter with God. God, I, I know this, loves to meet with us. He loves to meet with you in very personal ways. And he'll often do this through brothers or sisters as they pray with us. Um, some of the most impactful moments of my life have been in prayer ministry. When I've received prayer, I think of the person who prayed with me at the age of 17 to receive Christ. Uh, that happened in a prayer ministry time at a, at a gathering. I think of those moments in my life where um, I was experiencing maybe deep hurt or confusion or even depression, and I went for prayer, and I came away feeling hopeful again. I, I can think of moments where um, I would hear a word from God for me, something that somebody would pray would be like a direct message, almost like an email from the Lord, to my heart, and it would carry, I'd find it would fuel me and carry me for many, many months. Anybody have that experience? I know you have. Uh, John Wimber, a man who knew how to pray once, said, prayer ministry is how we meet the needs of others on the basis of God's resources. And, and we need God's resources. I, I wonder, I think most of you, probably all of us, have been in a place where with a family member or with one of your friends, um, they're just going through something awful. You know, that, that friend that's going through their worst day, they, they've experienced a death or a loss, uh, a breakup, an emotional crisis. They, they have a, an uncertain diagnosis or even worse, a certain diagnosis. And you don't know what to say or do. And I, I, I've been in those situations a lot and it can be overwhelming and, and you just don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to care. You can feel helpless. And I... And I want you to know in those places do not underestimate the value of you being there of just your presence of, of you actually listening to them in those those times but there is also something else we can do we can pray we can ask can I can I pray for you and we can invite God into the situation and inviting the presence of God to come and bring his love and his comfort so serving others in prayer can be so powerful so we want to talk about this this morning a bit, just about prayer and prayer ministry in our gatherings. First of all, prayer. We pray, as you'll notice if you attend here regularly, in all kinds of ways in our Sunday services. And as we heard last week, in the early church, as we learn about in the book of Acts in Scripture, uh, in Acts chapter 2, it says the early church were devoted in their gatherings to prayer. They, they loved to pray together. 
Um, I, I don't want to super spiritualize the early church. I think they were just people like us, struggling in faith. I love the story in Acts 12 in one of their meetings. They're praying um, for Peter, who um, had been put in prison. And as they're praying, Peter is miraculously released from prison. When I say miraculously, literally angels break Peter out of prison. It's a great story. Um, And he shows up at the prayer gathering, at the, the church service, and somebody hears the knocking of Peter at the door, and they don't open the door because it's just too strange that Peter would be at the door. They think he's in prison. But we pray together because we believe prayer matters, and sometimes our prayers can unlock prison doors and set captives free. We believe that. And so we pray in all kinds of ways on Sunday morning. Sometimes it's prayer of intercession, uh, interceding before somebody. It's like advocating for them to God, um, lifting up our needs to God. Sometimes it's prayers of declaration, simply declaring God's goodness and faithfulness. We often do that in song. Sometimes it's prayers of lament, which means grieving towards God over the brokenness that we see in our world. And sometimes on a Sunday morning, it's just so appropriate. After the week the world's had, it's so appropriate that we pray prayers of lament together. Sometimes it's prayers of dedication. I mean, when we get to dedicate a child up here at the front, or bless a newborn, or celebrate a marriage, or commission someone in service, or we bless an offering that is given, Sometimes it's prayers of surrender or commitment or kind of prayers of response to a sermon, to the teaching that's been given on a particular morning. So we pray all kinds of ways uh, on Sunday mornings, but I want to focus specifically on prayer ministry today. Uh, By the way, prayer ministry isn't exclusive at all to Sunday mornings. I, I think it might even be best in kind of the ordinariness of daily life as we journey with other Christians together. It certainly happens in our life groups. That's a great setting for prayer ministry, but because it's this amazing way to serve and and minister to one another, it's an important part of our gatherings because we need to meet God. We we need to experience his love and his power in our lives. So practically, uh, just let me tell you what it looks like here at Hillside. This is not news for many of you. We give opportunity after every service for you, if you like, to come to the front, and we'll always have somebody standing here waiting to receive you and to pray with you, to do prayer ministry. It's private. It's a confidential experience. Uh, the news doesn't get somehow spread on our email chain. And then it, it's also a bit chaotic here at Hillside. Some of you have noticed this. We don't have like a special room for prayer after our services. It just happens right here while coffee's happening back there and and occasionally a kid gets loose and they're on the stage playing drums as somebody's praying. It, it is a bit chaotic, but it, it's a bit like real life, isn't it? I, I, I love the fact that prayer is just happening as part of how we do community together. And it's happening all in the same room. Uh, it doesn't sort of make prayer a separate experience. Although sometimes it can be frustrating to try and pray, pray for somebody and there's a kid screaming beside you. We get it. We understand. Um, We're also in a season where we're offering prayer ministry when we celebrate communion. Our elders and our prayer team make themselves available at the back. We go at the back because we know it can be scary to come to the front. And so while people are coming to the front to receive communion, we have a team of elders and prayer team that are at the back ready to receive you and to pray for you, whatever you want prayer for. And we'll be offering that for you this morning. 
It's a priority for us at Hillside to make space for prayer ministry. So today I want to explore three reasons why we need prayer ministry in the life of our church family. Let's talk about why we do, why we need this in our community. First of all, because people are hurting, we pray for one another to care for one another. I, I like that uh, church sign blooper that said something like, uh, we care for you, 9 and, 10, 11, 9 and 11 a.m. only. <laughs> um, in Romans 12, the Apostle Paul says to the church, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. It's uh, such a powerful little verse, and I, I love it because it reminds us of this strange dynamic that goes on in the life of a local church family. The idea is this, no one celebrates alone, and no one grieves alone. You know, uh, no one celebrates alone. In, in healthy church life and healthy family, we're entering into the joys and the sorrows of those we are in community with. I'm kind of uniquely positioned maybe as a pastor in our church. I, I think our pastors are in this position a little bit. I hear all kinds of good news during the week, an answered prayer, somebody got a job that they've been hoping for, uh, somebody's healed or overcomes some kind of sickness. There's a baby that's born. It's wonderful stuff. And in the same week, I hear all kinds of stories of pain. And, and, the, and the church is, is meant to be there in it all, surrounding people with our presence uh, in their difficult times with expressions of love and, and deed. Uh, that's what a family does. And one of the ways that we can serve each other as a family church family is to care for one another in those moments through prayer ministry. So when we pray, what do we pray for? Uh, really, we pray for three things. We pray for power, for peace, and for love. Um, power, power is really asking God for a miracle, for God to show up and meet that need, need and solve that problem, to provide the money, to heal the sickness, to restore the relationship. And sometimes those prayers are answered. I wish they were answered every time. But Jesus teaches us to pray this little prayer, your kingdom come. And it's a prayer that where we look forward to the glorious future, the day of the Lord, Scripture calls it, when Jesus will return and make all things well. He'll restore everything, we're told. All things will be made new, right? as he said. And, and in the meantime, we pray that that future would spill into the present. <laughs> Lord, bring your kingdom now. Can we have a taste of your kingdom now? We pray for your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Make up there, come down here. Um, I'll never forget years ago uh, on a Sunday morning during prayer ministry at the after the service, I prayed for a woman named Ada. Ada was going in for breast cancer surgery on Tuesday. She had a tumor in her breast, biopsied, come back that it was cancerous, and she came for prayer. And uh, a couple of us prayed for her. I, I remember putting my hand on Ada's shoulder, and we prayed for her. And as we prayed for her, Ada said, it, I felt like electricity went through my body as you prayed. Tuesday morning comes along and Ada goes in for her surgery and they do a pre-surgery uh, ultrasound 
And, you know, when something kind of goes wrong in an ultrasound, you get a little nervous, and something was going wrong. And, and uh, finally, the technician said, you know, something strange. It, it looks like your tumor has been burnt up. It, 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 it's, it's as if it had been irradiated or electrocuted, and it had been just shriveled up. And it was gone. There was no need for her to have surgery. The cancer was gone. So we pray boldly for God's power to come. And sometimes it really comes. We also pray for peace. There's such a need for peace in our day. Just turn to your neighbor real quick and say, you look anxious sometimes. Uh, I, I say that, uh, I say that because... You probably do look anxious sometimes. We all do, I think. Uh, <laughs> you weren't supposed to say you really, really look anxious. That was not the, that was not the instruction. Um, but I say that because we live in a day where we might even describe it as an epidemic of anxiety. Uh, some of you would know that little verse in Philippians 4, verse 7. Amazon tells us that that is one of the most uh, highlighted verses in their Kindle Bibles. I mean, people highlight this more than almost John 3.16. It says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, asking God, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now notice again, <laughs> peace doesn't come from God fixing everything. Paul doesn't say present your request to God, he'll fix everything, and then you'll have his peace. No, peace comes from sharing your burdens, asking for help, and then trusting in the goodness of God. The, the, the peace God brings transcends understanding sometimes, and it comes even when our circumstances and our context our problems haven't been changed or solved. I've seen this many times in my own life where I've prayed this and experienced God's surprising peace in the midst of a storm. I've seen it as I've done prayer ministry with people where they've walked away. They've come with a great burden and, and they can't, they, as they're walking away, they say, I feel so relieved. And nothing's changed. Just their perspective, the peace of God is has come on their life. And, and what a gift that is. What a gift to pray that for someone. And so we do that. And then finally, we pray for love because push come to shove. That's the number one need in your life. It's the number one need in my life. And, and we have all these problems, you know, whatever the, the, the job problem, the, the, the exam that you got to write, the money trouble, whatever it might be. But underneath those problems is kind of a deeper thing going on. And it's, why, why do we worry about that? It's, it's because we worry what would happen if that did fall apart. Would we be loved or not? We're, we're longing for love. We need love. And, and there's an insecurity that can be there when we're, when we're not certain that we will be loved no matter what. Of course, there's that wonderful scripture in 1 John that says, perfect love casts out fear. And so we pray to our God who loves us perfectly, inviting him to pour out his love on others' hearts, that, that, that they would come to know that nothing can separate them from God's love. And prayer ministry can remind us of that truth because the Holy Spirit loves to 
fill our hearts with his love. So we pray as a, as a way of caring for one another. We can stand with a brother or a sister and invite the presence of God who promises to meet, meet us. I want to say this to you this morning. You might have a need in your life right now. Don't go at it alone. I, I can't, can't promise as you seek prayer that God will answer the way you want. But we will pray with, for that miracle for you. We really will. And we'll pray for peace. And we'll pray that you'll be freshly assured of God's great love for you. And so we do prayer ministry in our gatherings so we can be family to one another, to care for one another. Second, because God's already at work, we pray for one another to join in what God is already doing. Prayer for others is always stepping into what the Holy Spirit is already, already up to in a person's life. Um, you know, when I was a new Christian, I was like 17 or 18 years old. I was at a church youth event, and it was like, um, it was summertime. It was kind of like some kind of house party, and it was hot in the house, and the music was loud, and I wanted to step out of that. And so I, I came out onto the, the porch, and there was a, a girl who was new to our youth group uh, that was sitting on, on the porch by herself, and she was just on her own, and I, I knew she was not a Christian. And I, I don't know how we got there. I just basically sat there, asked her how she was doing it. But very quickly in the conversation, I sensed that there was just a, a great spiritual openness in her in that moment. It was kind of a sacred moment. And I, I, I don't, it's been rare that I've ever said this to anybody in my whole life as a pastor even. I'm like, do you want to become a Christian right now? And she says, you know, I've been sitting out here on this patio thinking about my life and hoping that somebody would come out here and ask me to become a Christian. Like she literally said the words I just said. So I said, no, I don't think this is the right time for you. Um, we should wait, you know, you should. She prayed right then and there. Uh, this, I mean, I was a brand new believer. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and she received Christ. You see, God was writing a story in her life, and I just happened to kind of stumble into the story, right? I was a, a bit player in the thing that God was doing in her, all the preparing, all the thinking, all the reflecting that led her to that moment. And our conviction in prayer ministry is that we're joining together with something God is already doing. It's interesting, in uh, 2 Corinthians 6.1, the Apostle Paul calls us God's co-workers. <laughs> I love it. And it's kind of obvious, but God doesn't need co-workers. <laughs> He's God. But he seems to appreciate us co-working with them. He wants them. What a wild thought, co-working with God. And, and so prayer ministry is joining with or or partnering with God in the work he's doing, joining with God and bringing his healing, hope, and compassion to people. I would say knowing this helps ground prayer ministry in humility. It means we're going to be really humble about this. It's less about me and more about what God's doing. And then it's also going to be about dependency on the Holy Spirit. For me personally, this has often looked like me beginning the, any kind of prayer with someone saying something along the lines of, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this person's life, do more. <laughs> Whatever we, I thank you for what you're already doing in their life, do more. I start there. I bless what the Father is already doing. 
And then I'm, I'm in a season, I've been in this season for a long time where I want to discern and hear the voice of Jesus more. I want to be, cooperate with the Holy Spirit more. So I'll often, after I've said something like that, I'll, I'll sometimes pause and say, come Holy Spirit. And I'll actually give space to listen. And I just stand there silently, my hands maybe on their shoulder, and I listen for a few seconds, sometimes longer. And occasionally there'll just be this eruption of a thought or an idea or a feeling or a picture. And I don't know for a fact that it's from God, but it's usually not a bad thing that erupts in my mind. It's usually something really positive, and I wouldn't share, if I, share it if it was negative anyway. And I pray that thing, and oftentimes that person will say, that's exactly what I needed to hear. So it's joining with God and bringing his healing and his hope and compassion with Jesus, that, uh, with, with people. And that's what partnering with God looks like. It's getting in on what he's doing already. God uh, so wants us, so wants people to be free in Jesus. And he's given us power and authority to do this, to pray. The whole thing started even before I got there. The Spirit's already working with the person. And I just join him. And when we pray, we're rarely, I'd say we are rarely ever initiating. We're joining. And this is way more fun because then the pressure's off our shoulders. We don't have to make it happen. We're just saying yes to what the Holy Spirit's doing. This leads to the third point, is that God works uniquely through people. I know for some of you, you're not going to really like this idea. We live in a very individualistic and uh, isolated and independent day. But as best as I understand Scripture and through experience in life and ministry, letting someone else minister to you through prayer unlocks some of the work of God in our lives that we would not otherwise experience. You see, God gives gifts to his church to serve one another with. He could, all, he could do it all himself, but he decided in his design and his wisdom for us to have to need one, one another, this, to, to cultivate this interdependence as a community, to not being able to do the whole Christian thing solo. It's not me and Jesus, it's we and Jesus. So here's what I mean. There are encounters with God, experiences, gifts from God that only exist on the other side of letting another brother or sister pray for you. Um, God can do what he wants. He's not limited. But what I'm saying is what he wants to do is do his work through normal people to do supernatural work. Um, sometimes we don't even understand ourselves. Sometimes we need other people because we don't know what is, God is up to in us and we need somebody else to kind of help give voice to that. Uh, sometimes in response to a message, message or something that's, that's happening, God just stirs something in you and you couldn't articulate it to anybody if you tried. This happened to me this last spring. I was at uh, a pastor's conference in Portland and at the end of every session, uh, the speaker would give opportunity for prayer ministry. And uh, I knew what God was kind of doing something in me, but I could not tell you what it was. But when they offered prayer after this one session, I went up to the front, and there was just there were probably about 50 people that had gone up for prayer, large gathering. And we're up there, and I'm, I'm facing the front. And their, their practice was to have somebody come and lay their hand on your shoulder. And somebody said, is there, is there anything I can pray for you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I literally did not know. I, 
said, no. And he, he just, he literally, this guy prayed, Lord, I bless what you're doing in this man's life. Do more. <laughs> and I, I just stood there in that service. And uh, you know when you're at the movies with your family and you got, maybe you have a family member that in the, in the sad parts of the movie, they're going to be the ones that cry. In my family, it's one of my sons and me are the ones who cry. And so during the sad parts, um, my, my wife and my other son, they, they do this terrible thing. I hope you never do this to somebody, okay? Just never do this. Agree, okay? They, like, look over at us. Like, they, like I'm talking, everyone's facing the screen, and it's a sad moment, and Angel, and, oh, and, and my one son, I won't mention the name, you know, turn their heads to look at what's happening in our lives as if our emotional lives are on display and for their benefit. It's really a treat for us to cry like that for them on demand. And uh, occasionally I've been in a movie where it's just like, you know, uh, my face gets wet. Suddenly I notice my face is wet. And I'm like, what's going on? And I didn't even know I was, myself that I was crying. This whole experience at this gathering in Portland was not one of those experiences. I began to cry. And crying turned into uh, weeping. And weeping turned into ugly, ugly crying. Uh, and I want to tell you this because I'm just, you know, wanting to be open with you. But um, there was 50 other people up there praying. And I'm the only one who's loud sobbing at the front. Like, I, I can hear myself. And nobody else is doing this. It's not like there was this, you know, a, a crowd of criers. We're just, I'm just weeping. And I wept and I wept, and I mean, I, I think they kept on sending over pastors and people to just lay their hands on me. And, you know, Lord, you know, bless this man, whatever God you're doing, do more kind of thing. I think they were doing do more. And, but I, as I was processing it later, I, I think what God was doing in me in that experience was uh, I'd accumulated a lot of grief and a lot of sorrow and a lot of disappointments and this was a place where they were coming out and God was doing a healing work in me. And, and I don't know what it is and I still can't explain it, but I felt different after I left that place. So sometimes you don't even know what's going on, but God knows. And we just want to join him and create space for him to, to work and to complete his work. So when we pray, uh, it means we don't give advice. We, as prayer ministers, we don't push an agenda. We're just joining in what God's doing. The Holy Spirit is doing all the heavy lifting. And for that reason, and anyone who prays does not have to worry much about the result. You never have to kind of force the, the moment. You, you don't even need a lot of words. God, God, we just say yes to what you're doing in this person's life. Would you come and fill them with even more of your love and your peace and your power? And this is our desire as a church, that, that we'd be better equipped to do prayer ministry, that, that this is something that would become more and more central to how we do life together in our gatherings, and that it would spill out into our life together in the community. And, and I pray that we'd become more courageous in praying for others, asking that question, can I pray for you? And that we'd become more courageous in asking the question, will you pray for me? Because let's face it, it can be awkward. There's something, uh, especially in a, in a gathering, a church service, that can be so awkward about um, asking for prayer. It, we can feel self-conscious, like uh, right back to that teenage angst that we felt as kids where you, you just thought everybody's looking at me, everybody knows what's going on, ins on inside me, everyone's judging me in this moment. 
Or, or maybe that's not it. Maybe we're just afraid of, of bursting somebody's bubble, you know. You, you may actually look like a pretty together person, and you don't want anybody to know that actually there's this undercurrent of need and brokenness in my life that, that needs attention, and I'd rather keep that hidden. So it's awkward. It's easier to stay seated, to keep your problems to yourself. But, but the crazy thing is not that you're getting prayer ministry. Nothing could make more sense. The crazy thing is a lot of us aren't because we all have needs. Every single one of us. But it can be awkward. <laughs> but let me say this, there can be a lot of awesome things that happen on the other side of awkward. Because prayer ministry is a way to care for one another. It's a way to join in on what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's a way for us to receive what only he can do <laughs> when we step out and allow people to serve us through prayer. Some of us this morning, you could take that step and ask somebody to pray for you today, to, to actually go and take advantage of our opportunity that we're giving today. Hey, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, your pastor, when in Portland, ugly cried at the front, and my world did not stop. Somehow I've carried on. That, that, that was not one of my worst moments. That was one of my best life moments. Some of, some of you be, being vulnerable before us or vulnerable before God could be the best step you ever take in your life. Some of you this morning, God might be inviting you on a journey to learn how to pray for others. I mean, that, that's one of the reasons why we're doing the prayer course as part of our prayer practice this, this spring. I think it's going to be so good. We, we actually learn how to do prayer in our life groups. We, we do that. This is it's just organically happens. We pray in our life groups for one another. And so you learn how to do this kind of along the way. Uh, but if you're interested in, in being part of our Sunday prayer team, uh, we, we'd love to go on a learning journey with you and, and see if that's a fit for you. And so please feel free to talk to Pastor Bill. He'd love to talk to you, and he, he organizes our prayer teams. I think one way to summarize all that has been shared this morning is through the words humble dependence. Prayer ministry is a humble posture, letting somebody else in leaning on a brother or sister and depending on God. I can't do this without God's help. And this posture of humble dependence flows through the whole Christian life because at the heart of the good news about Jesus is even though we couldn't make our way to God, God made, our, made his way to us, right? God came to us in the person of his son, Jesus. We don't bring the kingdom here, Jesus brings it. He gave his life to give us life. So I'm going to call the music team up, and I'm going to call our communion servers up, and I'm going to invite the prayer team to go and stand at the back. You can do that right now. And why don't we pray? Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we thank you for this gift of, of praying together, praying for one another that is a core part of our gatherings. And I pray this morning, Lord, that, that uh, we would indeed be stretched in this area. Uh, help us to um, grow in this as a congregation, I pray. Help us to learn how to um, love one another well through this, we ask. And Jesus, I uh, would pray you'd meet us in our prayers. You know our needs. You know our hearts. You know what brokenness we're coming into or out of right this week. I pray, Father, you would... 
you would answer our prayers, apply your power, bring us your peace, and remind us of, our, of, of how loved we are by you. We know, Lord, this morning that we are loved because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Uh, he went to the cross, not grudgingly, but willingly, because he knew it would break the power of sin and darkness over our lives and bring about the possibility of forgiveness and freedom and joy and new life. Uh, in those moments, that new creation, the kingdom, began to come in a whole new way, and we anticipate the day when Jesus will return. But in the meantime, Lord, we come, we say, bring your kingdom here. And as we uh, take the bread and the cup, uh, as we eat these emblems of your love, uh, may you nourish our hearts and our faith. We pray these things with such gratitude today in Jesus' name. Amen.